Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 26. So on today's episode, we're all about guided tours, and I'm going to be sharing 10 easy ways to make your guided tours more interactive. So these are easy peasy things you can do today to inject more interaction into your guided tours. Now, don't forget, last week I shared three thinking routines that you can use for slow looking and drawing. I shared how to use these three routines and also how to use drawing as a tool for looking. So do go back and listen to episode 25 if you haven't already. And before we start, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes and thanks to everyone who's already bought me a cup of tea. Much appreciated. The show notes, they're available on my website. That's thinkingmuseum.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 26. So now let's get on with today's show. So the traditional lecture style guided tour is dead. Long live the interactive tour. Well, it's not actually. It's still alive and kicking in some quarters. But in my opinion, the lecture style tour should be around today. These Traditional style walk and talk guided tours are still fairly common and in some places there's still a standard way of presenting a historic site, a city or a museum to the public. Now things have definitely changed in the last 10 years since I started my journey to teach others to transition to a more discussion-based approach but there is still so much work to be done. So if you feel you talk too much on your tours, we've all done it, or if you overshare information, I've done that too, then this podcast episode is for you. If you would like to have more interaction with your participants, then today I'm sharing 10 easy ways you can implement now to make your tours more interactive. That means more of a two-way conversation rather than a one-way lecture. So let's get started. The first one I'd like to share, and you could probably guess this one, number one is ask questions. Now, when you ask guides how they can create more interaction on their tours, the first thing they always answer is you need to ask more questions. But asking more questions doesn't guarantee interaction, especially if those questions are the wrong ones. Now, we've talked often on this podcast about questions. You could say that it was a pet subject of mine, but there's a reason for this. Getting good at asking the right questions is key to making your programs more interactive. And this takes work and practice. You need to know the difference between open and closed questions and when to use them. 
You need to know how to use follow-up questions, clarifying questions, and reframing questions. You need to study questions, basically, and you need to do this regularly. Now, you could even keep a question journal, and I've mentioned this before. You could have your favorite questions in this and new ones that you've heard. You could even have a question of the week that you're trying on a weekly basis. So be a student of questions and get really good at it because asking great questions is key to interactivity. You'll need to ask open-ended questions or you can use thinking routines to improve your interaction, but this will also jumpstart discussions and make everyone feel a part of the process, part of discovering things with you in your guided tours. So if you want to study your questions, go back to these podcast episodes to study in a bit more detail. So there's episode four, the five golden rules for asking brilliant questions. Episode 10, 10 common mistakes to avoid when asking questions. And episode 15, how to use artworks to improve your questioning skills. And I will, of course, link to all of these in the show notes. So that was number one. Let's move on to number two. Use your introduction to set expectations for interaction. So use your introduction at the start of your tour to set expectations for an interactive program. So in this uh, introduction, you should introduce yourself, the uh, museum or heritage organization you're working for, if that's appropriate. You should introduce the program, so what you're going to do and ask questions of the visitors to get to know them. So it's a four-step process, your introduction. And all of these four elements can be utilized as a way of getting more interaction into your program. So in your introduction to yourself, when you talk about you and the things you're passionate about, don't forget to mention your role. Now, to encourage interaction and participation, you don't want to position yourself as the expert. Even if you are an expert in your field, you need to think of yourself and introduce yourself to your group as the facilitator or the orchestra or their guide to help them find out and discover things. So you want to let them know that you are helping them to discover information for themselves. And by stating this up front, you are setting the tone for interaction. Now, once you've introduced yourself, you can then introduce the organization. If you're working part of a team in a museum or cultural organization and also the program. So share the theme of the tour, tell them what they might be seeing or exploring and also how long it's going to take. Now you should also at this point add some statements about the type of program it's going to be. So do say out loud that it's going to be an interactive experience and that you will be discovering things together. You could also mention that all comments and questions are welcome and maybe even that there are no right or wrong answers. Tell them what to expect 
during their time with you. So you want to really be setting them up for active participation and not a passive experience of listening to you. Finally, the last part of your introduction, you need to ask your participants questions. Now, these can be closed questions because you are wanting to find out information about them. But do remember that too many of these types of questions in a row will make your participants feel like they're being grilled or interviewed. So don't do too many in a row, but use these closed questions to strategically find out their prior knowledge and their attitudes. And these valuable insights into their backgrounds will help you personalize and structure your tour and therefore create more interaction. Okay, so let's move on to number three, the third way that you can make your programs more interactive is to observe your group. So pay close attention to the participants in your group. You need to be regularly looking at how people are responding to you. So this is a skill, but as you do it more often, you get better at it. So you want to be able to pick up on subtle clues in your participants' behavior. So you want to be looking for verbal and nonverbal clues and also paying attention to body language. So you can do a quick scan of your group and you could perhaps look out for who's smiling and who's not. You could look at how people are standing and how much space there is between people. And you could also look for other clues like facial expressions, posture, body language. And once you've observed your group, you could try to make sense of what you've been reading. But I would urge you here not to jump to conclusions. For example, someone with their arms folded or crossed in front of them could mean that they are fed up or bored, but it could also mean that they don't know what to do with their arms while they're standing in front of a painting. So don't jump to conclusions or make assumptions. You want to be continually continually gathering further information throughout and paying close attention to your group. So become a keen observer of behavior. Okay, number four, create a warm and welcoming environment. So on a guided tour, you want to make sure that all participants feel happy to interact with you. So you want to create a welcoming and friendly atmosphere that creates engagement and participation from the start. You want to make sure that all participants feel that their contributions, however large, however small, are valued and understood by you. So use those facilitation skills and your good questioning techniques to make sure everyone feels comfortable about participating and sharing. Don't forget to welcome everyone to the session and make sure, as we've already said, you find something out about them. Not just who they are and where they come from, but perhaps even what they already know about the subject. And it's really good to know where everybody's coming from so that you can tailor content accordingly. And the more you can personalise it, the more interaction you can get with your participants. Likewise, you should check in with your group throughout the tour. So observe them 
and also check the temperature of the group from time to time. You can continue to pay attention to what's not being said, those non-verbal clues, and just observe them. And use humour or even sort of gentle questioning to encourage participation from even the quietest or most reticent of participants. But never force, because participation is always encouraged, but it's never required. It's never a requirement. So moving on to number five, make them curious. So one of the great ways to create more interaction is to really make your group curious, hard to say. Provoke curiosity within your group and this will get them itching to find out more. So thinking routines, as we've discovered in the past, they are great for exploring artworks and objects and they really stimulate curiosity. They help to bring up memories, they help to bring up personal connections and also they help uh, participants to share personal stories that they have. So making your thoughts about an object visible Bringing your wonderings or your thoughts out into the open and having conversations about objects can actually be an uplifting and sometimes even a transformative experience. So you should ask the question, what are you wondering about throughout your tour? And in this way, you'll find out what your participants are really curious about and then you can share information accordingly. You can share information about the things they are really curious about. And finally, be curious yourself. Model curiosity because the more curious and enthusiastic you are, the more infectious it will be. Okay, moving on to number six, use visual aids. So use a variety of props and visual aids to make your guided tours more interactive. So starting with the very basic, pencils and notepads are really useful for all types of groups. You can get visitors to sketch something, an entire object or part of an object, or you can get them to write down things they're observing. Post-it notes are also great, great for getting people to note down short phrases or words. And you can also share objects that you can pass around, obviously in a safe way, according to COVID guidelines. But these tactile objects can be shared and passed throughout the group to explore texture. And these types of materials are really helpful in explaining objects that might be behind uh, some glass or in a display cabinet and actually feeling them helps people to understand different objects from the past and also different cultures too. And obviously for the visually impaired, handling objects is a great way of making collections more accessible. And I think bringing in the senses uh, rather than just looking offers a more rich experience of what you're looking at. It offers a richer understanding of the objects in the collection. So you could bring in uh, any type of tactile object that you can pass around or show to people. So it could be samples of metal or marble or any sensory objects too. I love bringing in spices for people to smell. Or you could even share tools, show tools that artists use uh, to create certain effects or techniques in painting or tools that we use by workers. 
You can use photographs. You can read out parts from artists' letters. You can share video clips. You can get them to listen to music. And you can do all of this on an iPad. Very, very simple. Or you can just have laminated copies or photographs. So you can go as low-tech or as high-tech as you want. And for family groups, I used to have a whole box. I think I still have it. Uh, and in that was a whole variety of different props and visual aids um, for different types of groups. So I had magnifying glasses, torches, viewfinders, stopwatches, all sorts of things that I could pick and mix and choose for different types of groups. Tip number seven is vary your activities. So to introduce more interactivity into your guided tours, include a variety of different ways of working. So don't rely solely on discussion and talking. So things like movement are great to introduce when you're looking at objects or when you're observing objects. You can look at something far away and close up. You can do a 360 degree look around a sculpture. You can get people to change places with someone on the other side of the group and see if they notice whether something looks different or the same from a different position. You can get people to bend down and look from below and also to look from above. So movement is a great way to include more variety, get people talking and also to make them feel more relaxed so that they can interact more. You could also get one or all of your group to assume the pose of a figure in a painting or a sculpture. They could step inside a character and act, you know, they could think about how that person would move, what they might say, how they might say it and also you as the guide. You could wear a hat or an apron or some type of clothing or carry a book to become a character. So aside from movement and acting, you could also incorporate short writing and listening exercises into your tours and do this in small amounts to start with and it will give you a chance to experiment and explore the possibilities and how this might increase interaction. But one tip do keep an eye on the time because these activities will take up more time and you may need to plan your route or adjust your stops accordingly. So moving on to number eight and number eight is change the way your group works. So for maximum interaction, don't always work as a large group. Some people feel more intimidated about speaking up, about participating in front of a large group. So you can use different devices to encourage more voices to interact with you and also with each other. So definitely use things like pair share and ask participants to turn to their neighbours and discuss something. You could also get your group uh, to work in small groups, divide them up into three or four groups to work on different questions or activities. You could even give people roles within the group. So one person could be a note taker, one person could be the spokesperson. And in that way, you're giving everyone something to do. And this really changes the group dynamic and it changes the energy in the room. So if you ever find your group are low on energy, break them up into smaller groups and you will see the interaction fly again. 
Okay, number nine is pause. So how can pausing help with interactivity? It might sound a little bit counterintuitive, but bear with me. So allow yourself to pause every so often. Don't feel like you have to fill every space with words. So after you ask a question, pause and allow wait time. You should also think about pausing after you say something of impact or something important that you want them to remember. And if you pause, you're creating more possibilities and potential for interaction. It also gives your participants time to process what you've been saying and time for them to get their thoughts together. So longer pauses also allow time for people to listen to each other too. A longer wait time will signal that you're prepared to value the answers that your participants are about to give. So do allow for pauses throughout to increase interactivity. Okay, and the final one, number 10, is allow for agency and autonomy. So give your group some choice over what they do and see. These don't have to be big choices, so do remember you're in control of group management and you're responsible for ensuring the group are safe and that they have an enjoyable time. But a small amount of agency and autonomy makes your participants feel as though they are part of the process and not just tagging along with you on your planned route. It also gives them shared ownership of the tour and a feeling of more control. And these are all good things that will encourage more interaction. So here are some suggestions. You could perhaps ask your group to find another painting in the room that connects with one you've already been discussing. Or you could ask them to choose between several choices for your next artwork. You could give them five minutes to explore an artwork in the room and you could get them to report back after those five minutes are up. Or you could get them to ask you questions. You could give them a chance to ask you 10 rapid quick fire questions. And these are all quite simple but great strategies for increasing a feeling of autonomy within the group and for making them feel like they have more control and as a result, they will interact with you more. So there you have it, 10 easy ways to make your guided tours more interactive. Simple things that you can apply today to get more two-way engagement going on in your tours. I'd love for you to give them a go. And if you do, share with me how you get on. You can find me on Instagram most days at Thinking Museum. And every Friday, I send out a weekly newsletter full of inspiration and ideas. I share one thing to watch, one thing to read, and one thing to listen to every week. And all the upcoming classes and courses too. I'll put a link in the show notes to the TM Weekly as well. So that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.